Hey everyone, this is the Top Soul Podcast. Mitchell coming to you down in Kansas right now. Kansas! With uh, Michael Cavan and Michael Vitito here um, from the mobile mobile, uh, mobile office. office. World mobile World Headquarters, the Continuum Ag Truck. And we are heading back to Iowa from Noto on the Plains. An awesome couple days. Learned about soil health, sustainability. Uh, cover crops, changing up practices, integrating livestock. Carbon. Carbon was huge. Carbon sequestration. Quorum sensing. Quorum sensing. We got our minds blown by some things. So, um, wanting to just kind of unpack a little bit of that, some of our initial thoughts, and uh, we'll get into a lot more of it. Check out any of our different uh, Twitters and whatnot to be able to get a lot more info. Um, and Bowie definitely. As a whole, would definitely recommend no-till on the plains for next year. Hands down. So, I suppose, well, Kevin, I'll, I'll let you just, Uh-oh. you know, you can ask the question that you were just kind of getting into oh, here, yeah. and hopefully our, our audio will be, will be okay, but go, go ahead. Here. So, my thing was I wanted to uh, discuss what each of our aha moments were for the conference, because I felt like compared to what I went to last year, I won't mention any names, but this was a way better conference for me as a young farmer. So that was my biggest thing is I wanted to see what everybody else thought about it. So I suppose I'll, I don't know, I I don't, I'll try to answer here first. Um, Trying to figure out, yeah, what, what would that be? And I think the biggest thing for me overall continues to boil down to we have to evaluate our fields and our operations solely based on profitability and you can't have regenerative ag sustainability family farm or nothing if you're not making any money if you don't have a profit if you don't have capital to be able to work with you're not gonna be able to do any of this stuff so for me it boils back down to picking apart all of our decisions on the farm figuring out which decisions are the ones that we've been doing just because that's what we've always done which ones we not necessarily need anymore now we're getting some data built up can i dig through that and figure out what i don't really need anymore and bring it all back to my bottom line and figure out how do i look at profitability and have that be the only thing i focus on i don't care about big yield i don't care about um, continuing to maximize I care about can I remain profitable and what are the tools that I can utilize to help get me there and and uh, one of my takeaways then is being able to go and try to work with some of these groups that are trying to connect us as farmers to the consumer. We had a lot of feedback on that here today. Jenna yeah. Mills was, was there talking about it. We won't bash on them too much, but definitely not very impressed uh, to say the least. But at least they're there, and they're you know yeah, they're, they they're trying to they're, they're trying to try. Yeah. And most other food companies were not there. Fact. At least they were there. Um, but grounded up is an organization. I'm excited to work with them here going forward, and uh, multiple of these other guys. So that's kind of my takeaway. Uh, I had um, a few epiphanies, more than one, but I will focus on one, and it, I would say it starts with uh, branching off of soil health and then that directly coming full circle to our human health and that comes to what what they say our gut biome what's going on inside of our stomach and that's 
derived from the foods we're eating and what we're putting in and there was a few things related to that like one comment about needing to consume 30 different plant-based foods a week to, to stimulate the biology within our own guts to promote our own health and that comes full circle to what we're doing on the farm and I, I that was huge for me I thought that was fantastic but then I, I learned a lot of other stuff too but to me that was the coolest thing is really bringing that full circle to our individual human health well and maybe we kind of just to tap up on that you mentioned quorum sensing before oh, yeah. and so we won't get into that right now but that's essentially that these microbes and whatnot can sense each other and they know once they get enough of them that they can actually do something yeah and so once they get enough of them they're communicating and they're able to interact with each other to say hey there's enough of us here we're in the right environment we have the right susceptibility of the host and now we're going to carry about our business yeah, and on, so we're gonna turn on yeah, yeah. we can turn on and off genes like that's just freaking nuts so the the simple way that i understood that was like a cold virus you may get one single cold virus that comes in into an environment in your in your body and there may have already been other ones in your body sitting kind of dormant and that one that was introduced might have been enough to wake up those dormant ones within your body that said hey we've got enough let's wake up and do something or you know make you sick make your body sick but it could only take one to wake up that other silent giant that was just waiting around but it's crazy michael what's your takeaway well uh i guess the first thing that i learned was that i'm i'm not 23 anymore it's hard to be up till 2 a.m <laughs> and then be up and ready to rock and roll at 8 30 but we got her done uh, no, there's some really good stuff, though. Uh, obviously, you know, with a lot of these conferences, it's the, the thing that I've found was that you almost learn more in the after-hours stuff, you know, when you're just hanging out, you know, going out to dinner or drinking a beer or whatever with, with some of the other people that are there attending it, whether it's the speakers or just other other farmers that are that are not speaking, you know, so... So the networking is where a lot of really, really, really good stuff happens. But as far as the conference program itself, um, you know, there was a lot of profitability stuff that, and economic stuff that got put into it and, and how we can utilize grazing and, and everything else to be more profitable. But, you know, some of the stuff that stuck with me was uh, listening to Jay Fuhrer. He was, you know, he's in a dry environment and Kansas is a dry environment. So moisture was a big a big topic of concern of, of people, you know, as you can imagine. So, you know, talking about cover crops and how do they how they utilize moisture that that these guys need to save down here for their cash crops, and and uh, you know everybody kind of gets gets worried about the cover crops drying the soil out too much through their transpiration of moisture, but you know what's the alternative to to growing a cover crop on that on that piece of ground well it's to have it sit there fallow and then you're going to be dealing with evaporation and yeah, uh, what was that quote that and so had? yeah jay's quote that really stuck with me was that anytime we evaporate water it costs us something but every time we trans- transpire water through a plant it buys us something so <clears throat> you're going to be using water one way or other 
so you might as well use it in a way that it's actually getting you something for it instead of costing you something for it. So that was something that I really liked. Uh, and then, you know, to kind of build on that, uh, Christine Jones was, was talking about some of this stuff um, when it comes to the water cycle and and how, how not having this cover, whether it's living or just even dead residue and whatnot, to to help keep the water in and help help it infiltrate when it falls um you know how if you've got just bare soil and it and it's not well aggregated and you get a you get a two inch rainfall 95 percent of that water is going to evaporate off you know so you're you're only really harvesting a fraction of what you actually get so it doesn't matter how much rainfall actually falls it matters how much you can actually get into the soil profile that's that's the gape saying i think yeah so he talks about it's not how much rainfall you get it's how much rain actually gets in your soil yep yep so it was it was she did a really good job of of putting things into perspective in a way that we can all understand so that was that was some of the good stuff that i came that i got out of it and then another big topic was was uh compost extracts and compost teas and whatnot you know jay fuhrer's got some projects going on with with uh he he called it worm juice worm juice where he's got some some old uh chemical shuttles or whatever you want to call them and he's he's got some compost in there and he put some worms in there and he's he's feeding it and he's trying to come up with a biological liquid product that he can uh apply in furrow with this planter on the Minokin farm up there in North Dakota where they're doing some research so he's he's working on that and that's something that's very new for him he was kind of bashful to even talk about it and then that was ended up being a big thing that he was getting a lot of questions about and he's like I really don't know guys you know let me get some experience with it but you know that seemed to be a a pretty big thing that you know like grant sims is doing a lot of that stuff i know derek axton's doing a lot of that stuff uh christine jones was is working with some people the the haggerty's in in australia that are doing some really good things and they're they're using some some compost extracts it sounds like and and uh she did a good job of breaking down some of the details on on how that works and how with the, so a compost, the difference between a compost extract and a compost tea, and I don't really fully understand this, but a compost extract is just, it, you know, it, it's just, you've got a compost and you literally just extract the water out of it by gravity and letting it, you know, drip out the bottom of whatever container you've got your compost in, and then, and then that's what you apply. You don't have to brew it, you don't have to cook it, you don't, you know, you don't do anything else, and that's the that's the best way to maximize the number of microbial species that you have in this biological product because anytime you start to cook it it's you're going to cook some of those species out of it in some way shape or form and i don't fully understand it but that was kind of the gist of of what she was getting at and and uh yeah so that was that that's just kind of some stuff with the you know biological products where people are trying to make their own or they're buying it from other people and whatnot and i thought that was very interesting you know it got me got the wheels turning in my head on how i can maybe try and get a little something something brewed up at home and and try and you know very cheaply just put something together and and try some of this stuff and see how it works you know maybe there's nothing to it and and the biggest thing you were talking about is you you have all the materials and they were just taking random stuff like straw leaves 
maybe some compost from an urn, like coffee, coffee grounds, coffee grounds, grounds yeah. paper, shredded paper, yeah, yeah. like all kinds of random crap. Food scraps. I mean, yeah. I think they were a little leery of food scraps. Was kind of what I got out of it, though. One, the one pickup I got from that was it. the meat and and citrus was the two that stuck out to me that you want to stay away from. But that's, I mean, that's it's it's good to know you can use a a variety of things and just mash it all together and let the worms do the work. So I think now maybe it's like what what's one thing or a couple things that that you want to go and like take home and try to kind of implement and. You know, so maybe we can help some other guys too on what we learn, what we're really going to go try to implement. From and I could start, you know, but for me, I'm interested in based on that economic thing. Like I said, is is going through and tearing everything apart, and as we're building soil health, figuring out how can I reduce my inputs and just completely change the system, and, and including like insecticide, fungicides. Um, seed treatment maybe even GMO seed like traded stuff can I start reducing some of those things and get my system back to more of a native system that doesn't have all that Um, I think I've got to be able to get a lot of my beneficial kind of things built up first Um, I know we're building it quickly but um, that's why I'm interested in, in kind of doing that and item number two I'm interested in I mean obviously it's more so on the continuum ag side and as um, instead of well, as a farmer, but bringing the data to this and utilizing that network and utilizing some of the companies that were there, um, they don't quite know what data they want and what data we're actually going to collect and we're going to show to the end consumer the data that we're going to get premiums driven off of or credit driven off of, but it boils back to we've got to be improving organic matter, we've got to be sequestering carbon. We've got to be doing things more efficiently with better impact on water. Um, we've got to hold more water in our soils. It, all that stuff boils back down to carbon, and that's why it was hit on so much. Yeah, that was, that then, was what I was going to say. Is my then, biggest thing is I need to get more carbon for our More operation. carbon, and we definitely know, because I don't have manure or nothing. So, yeah, yeah. so I've got to get other crops and stuff going out there, and I've got to diversify that. And then the, I mean, the guy who probably <laughs> stirred up the room the most was Dan Kitteridge there at the end bio-nutrient food organization or association or something like that a handheld tool to look at nutrient density and food quality and whatnot i think that that's you know still a couple years off and he he knows it but that is just going to blow this whole thing out of the water on yeah we need to be able to do things better now we need to be more sustainable you know we need to regenerate our souls now because there is benefit but we can also improve the quality of our products as well and that we have to start now because i think some of those things are going to take some time and like we were saying it got brought up multiple times you know we're on a paradigm shift or whatever that we can be the early adopters and go and so that's what gets me excited too to be able to collect that data and really use it well what do what else you guys think man i feel like my head's still spinning from all this but uh, I don't know. I took. A, I feel like I. I just took so much more away from 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 this conference compared to last year. It was just so much more of a, a forward-thinking thought process across the spectrum of everyone there. Who do you think? Who stands out as your favorite person that you that you met or talked to or? 
Oh man, that's I, a trick question. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can't ask that. Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, <laughs> well, I just I picked up I picked up stuff from multiple people. Yeah. I mean, a huge one for me was 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 Christine Jones. Uh, uh, yeah. Just a wealth of of research that she's done and and really good at explaining it and 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 I don't know it that was one and then of course I heard another side another conversation a different different story from from uh, from Coffee County Tennessee yeah. from Adam Darty Darty A R D Y from, from Squatch Country. <laughs> I got to see a little bit more of what they do, a little more in depth than the first time I saw them, and that was cool. And then seeing a few from Australia and seeing what those guys Grand are getting Sims, away yeah, with awesome. in in basically arid climates is just amazing what they're doing. Yeah. And hearing more and more about about people reintegrating with livestock and seeing the the tenfold response from it is just awesome. It's. I mean, we thought that we thought that just the cover crops was one thing. Well, this is like the next five steps in one. It's just to me, it's it's mind blowing. Makes me excited for the growing season to get on to get get to grazing with my with my cattle herd, all seven of them. <laughs> <laughs> big time, big time cattle farmer. Look out, guys! Well, and right. the biggest thing being like to go to a conference like that. I mean, we're lucky on the soils that are grandparent great grandparents settled on for us is is amazing and these other guys are doing amazing things starting at a point that they really have to work super hard at it and really got to turn things around where for us like we're already sitting so good to begin with like sorry to those guys you know our, our biggest we constraint go is our rotation the rotation yeah. and the market on how do we do it so you got to run it through something else. You got to find a different value add, like Michael's done now, and um, so it's just trying to think outside the box even more. That yeah, we've got to get something else going, and we got to find other markets. And even if it's just for cover crop, like I'm gonna, like I'm trying to do. But but the bottom line is, is in order to make all this stuff work, we need plant diversity, which is going to result in microbial diversity, which is going to result in healthier crops and healthier food and healthier people and and you know it just all it all dominoes from that but we've got to get that plant diversity in some way shape or form to get this microbial community community jump started and that's where in our corn soybean rotation that we're working with in, in iowa it's super difficult because all we can get established after harvest reliably is cereal rye and and that's great but we've got to try and figure out how to get more diversity in, in that program you know that's just three crop three plant species and you know that's not going to cut it you yeah know, christine, christine jones talked yeah. about the 30 plants that uh species that, that we need to be need, eating yeah. don't you think that would apply to the soil as well the soil microbiome as well you know the human gut biome so that's you know that's my big take on it and that, you know that i've had that I've had that in my head for a long time, and you know, to keep getting it reinforced every time I come to one of these conferences, you know, just kind of refuels the fire to keep pushing and keep finding a way to try and figure this thing out, how we can make it work in our area. For sure. Huge. Capital H-U-G-E. <laughs> Y-U-G-E. Yeah. H-U-G-E. <laughs> 
So any other takeaways for for now for the listeners? I'm sure it sounds like Trent and I are going to maybe try to unpack some of this too. Um, any other takeaways you guys have on this? Man, nothing. There, I, I mean, there's a slide that comes to mind, but I don't have it memorized. But Farmers are ornery. How's that? Yeah, farmers are ornery. <laughs> and now that's what's cool now with with some of these guys that we've interacted with more and more and to be able to build those relationships and whatnot. And that's the thing with something like this is you find the right kind of network of farmers who actually want to work together yeah. and who are open yes. to sharing everything. Just building that open, share open-minded network, you know. So that's what's cool, you know, and now kind of getting into it and, and obviously we kind of stand out as being, you know, real a group of really young guys going in there compared to some of these other guys, but... Easy. Well, besides Easy. you, you're old now, but the rest of me and Kevin, we're young guys. Ish. <laughs> Ish. But I don't know. So, so good stuff. Um, like I said, find you can find more of my takeaways and stuff on on Twitter continue, at ContinuumAgLLC. You guys pop up yours. You guys were tweeting and going nuts on all kinds of takeaways and other ways to contact you and get more info. Hashtag NTOP19. That's right. Vit, at Vitito761 is my Twitter handle. Oh, I think I'm like at MCavin something or other on Twitter. He has no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I like Snapchat. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so you can follow him on Snapchat too. That's Search right. him. Michael Cavin. That's right. Anyway, thanks for listening. Um, hit us up and we'll talk to you guys soon.